0: Hello and welcome to the PharmaForum podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Comstock, editor-in-chief of PharmaForum. Today's episode is sponsored by and produced in partnership with Novo Nordisk. In January 1922, 14-year-old Leonard Thompson, who was near death from diabetes in a Toronto hospital, became the first person in the world to receive a life-saving injection of insulin. A century later, scientists are still searching for new ways to improve this important medication. At the European Association for the Study of Diabetes meeting this week, Novo Nordisk presented promising data about a new form of insulin that could be delivered once a week rather than once a day to patients with type 2 diabetes. Here to discuss these findings and what they could mean for patients with diabetes is Florian Barris, Corporate Vice President for Global Medical Affairs at Novo Nordisk. Hello, Florian. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and the work that you do at Novo Nordisk.
1: So my name is uh, Florian Beres. I'm a medical doctor by training and have worked with uh, Nouveau Nordisk for 12 years by now. I've worked uh, in different areas in global drug development, in global safety, and most recently in global medical affairs. And I also had the privilege of heading up this once weekly insulin icodec project for almost two years. And I'm super excited to share a little bit more about the results and uh, talk uh, about them with you.
0: Great, yeah, and and I'm I'm eager to talk about that as well. So this is data that was just published on a, a in development drug that you've been working on, um, and and this would be the first uh, insulin to, to to be given on a, on a weekly rather than a daily dose, right?
1: So I think there are several insulins on a development that have the potential to be given uh, once weekly, but yes, our compound has definitely been developed to be able to be given on a once weekly basis instead of a once daily basis.
0: So without getting too far into the weeds, talk to me a little bit about how that works um in, in terms of of the actual mechanisms um what 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 was sort of the the blocker there but before and and what needed to be done to to make an insulin work that way.
1: So insulin has been around for over 100 years so I think only last year we celebrated the discovery of insulin. And uh, ever since then, we've been working on insulin molecules to make sure that it is as easy for patients as possible to take the insulin. So that went from multiple daily injections to once daily insulins. And now we're just at the advent of actually having once weekly insulins available. So you asked about how you do this. It's obviously has to do with half-life. So you make structural modification to the insulin backbone molecule a technology we've also used for other of our medicines that actually allows us to prolong the half-life all the way so it can cover a full week. Interesting. Um, And so how long have have you been working on this? So drug development takes a long time, obviously. So uh, it's more than 10 years. Uh, You start with uh, molecular engineering, then you move into non-clinical research. You move to the first human dose, which is uh, around five, six years ago that we started with that. Then you move into a uh, first or uh, well, after first human dose, you move into phase two. We use once weekly insulin over Nordisk. So how do you give it? How do you make those adjustments before you then can move on into the confirmatory trials, what we call the ONWARDS program, where we have a total of six trials that will, the results of which will also base the foundation for regulatory submission.
0: So would you say we're in the home stretch now or what's, what's left uh, and, and what's the kind of percent chance this this really comes to market at this point.
1: So I think we're definitely in the home stretch uh, after all those years. And that's also why I'm so excited that we're talking about one of the studies that just was presented at one of the key diabetes congresses, the EASD. So we have a total of uh, six onwards trials that uh, five of which that have already completed and top line levels have been shared already. And uh, today we will discuss one of those uh, trials that has been reported also at a scientific Congress. So definitely the, the homestretch on a, a very long development journey. So
0: let's talk about that most recent study that was just published at EASD. Um, what, what were we looking at in the study? What, what did the design um, look like and, and what were we trying to learn? And, and what did the study show? What, what are the results that we're uh, celebrating
1: right now? Thank you for asking. So Onwards 2 is one of the six trials in the Onwards program, and it investigates once-weekly insulin, ICODEC, compared to a once-daily insulin called degludec in a population with type 2 diabetes patients that already are on basal insulin. So the results of the study actually showed that if you treat them on equal grounds, the two insulins, that we would expect to see no difference in that but we were actually surprised to see better glycemic control with our once weekly insulin ICODEC compared to the once daily insulin Degludec. We've also seen that the rate of hypoglycemia, so the occurrence of low blood sugar values that actually affect the patients were very low in both of these arms with less than one event per person year of exposure, meaning that you actually need to be treated for more than a year on each of those insulin to have one of these events. While the rate of hypoglycemia in the icodec arm was higher than it was in insulin degludec, we also need to put a relevant clinical perspective on that. So if we combine how many patients achieved their glycemic targets without having a clinically relevant or severe episode of low blood sugar, we could actually see that 37% of the population achieved this goal with once-weekly insulin icodec as opposed to 27% with once-weekly insulin degludec. So I personally think that these are quite intriguing data that we have shared today.
0: And, and if I can ask a follow-up, uh, that the, um, that difference of 27% to 37%, w- w- was that attributable to something like, like adherence or is or, or it really just a, a better performance of the, of the drug itself?
1: I think it's a reflection of uh, the once weekly sort of um, insulin that has been studied in the, in this uh, study. We haven't measured adherence uh, from a day-to-day or week-to-week basis, but I think what we are really reassured about is to actually see that more patients achieve this clinical relevant end goal with our once weekly insulin icodec as opposed to once daily insulin declodec. So... Insulin
0: dosing is, is very complex, right? It's not uh, like another medication where you might just, you know, take one pill every morning. You, you have to, to um, people with diabetes have to monitor their blood sugar. They have to um, uh, administer their insulin accordingly. Um, so how, well, first of all, talk to me a little bit about how that works now, the status quo in, in insulin dosing and, and how it affects the, the patient experience. And then talk to me about, you know, in trials and, and in your kind of how you envision the future, how this would work with the weekly dose instead.
1: So basal insulin still remains a cornerstone of care for management of diabetes. The current available basal insulin therapies are very much based on a once-daily treatment regimen, meaning that over the course of a week, you will have to take seven injections to cover your body's insulin needs. Whereas insulin icodec that is being investigated here in this trial, has the potential to do all that in just one injection. It is my hope that this can significantly alleviate some of the treatment burden associated with basal insulin treatment by reducing these injections from seven to one in a week. Great. Right. And we know that uh, a lot of people living with diabetes are apprehensive to both starting insulin therapy and also sometimes have challenges to adhere to the uh, therapy. And we, we we hope that once uh, daily or once weekly insulin icodec will be able to address some of these concerns and ultimately make it easier for patients to take their insulin and also to stay on their insulin.
0: There's a few things there, right? There's um, needles, right? Needle, needle phobia. Um, the, I think most of us, even if we don't have a problem with needles, would rather inject ourselves once a week than once a day. <laughs> um, but there's also an adherence thing there too, right? Um, it's easier, you know, there's, there's less possibility for, uh, for forgetting. Um, once a week rather than, than once a day, it's
1: easier to, to, um, work it into your, your schedule. Right. And it's great that you bring this up because I think so far there's no once weekly basal insulin out there. So we have very little experience. The best thing we can do is look at other drug classes like our GLP-1 receptor agonists, where you actually have data on once daily versus once weekly. And there we can actually, in some studies, see that the adherence that you just mentioned actually improved with a once weekly treatment compared to a once daily treatment.
0: Great. And, and I, I know it's not all public yet, but similar, similar results from the other trials in, in the, or the other studies in the onwards uh, series that you mentioned?
1: I think uh, we have broadly consistent results, but we still need to take to account that some are done in different populations. So uh, they are on different uh, insulin regimens uh, or they are in type 1 diabetes as opposed to type 2 diabetes. So obviously for these population, the results uh, are not necessarily similar, but uh, generally for this population, we've seen consistent results in the type 2 diabetes population, at least so far.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned that because I wanted to ask about type one and type two. I mean, broadly looking into the future, uh, is this something we think is, is going to be uh, relevant for both those populations? And then on, on a similar note, uh, are you testing in pediatric populations? I think, you know, when you think about the sort of discomfort of, of daily versus weekly injections, I would imagine that, um, that we'd be looking to, to children uh, with diabetes as a, as a target population as well.
1: So currently, our development program is only in the adult population. But I think I agree we also should strive to looking at development opportunities that could make this available to children over time. And that's something that we will also explore in the future. Right. I think with the two populations you mentioned, type 2 and type 1 diabetes, I think we need to appreciate that the two these are two different disease states. And the, the once-weekly insulin dosing is probably primarily attractive to those with uh, type 2 diabetes. And, and why would that be? I think uh, because in type 2 diabetes, you have a disease state where you still produce some insulin yourself and you have insulin resistant, meaning that the insulin that you produce doesn't uh, work uh, sort of uh, one-to-one at the receptor level. Whereas in type 1 diabetes, you have no insulin that you produce or very little you produce. You, you, you have to supplement it all externally, and you get the full effect at the insulin receptor. So for a once-weekly uh, insulin that is being given, it's uh, probably easier to manage uh, that treatment regimen in type 2 diabetes.
0: Right. So type 1 patients are the ones who are using things like continuous glucose monitors to to, to manage their insulin at a very kind of granular
1: level? By Some learning. of them do. It's yeah. uh, more prevalent in the type one diabetes population than it is in type two diabetes, but it's also gaining traction in type two diabetes. Um,
0: is a week the limit? Um, you know, in in 10 more years, will we be talking about the once monthly insulin dose or, <laughs> or uh, do we run against the limit in terms of that half life you talked about?
1: Well, uh, if you had asked me 100 years ago whether we would see a once weekly insulin, I'm not sure I would have said that that would be what we would aim for. But uh, I think, you know, innovation is uh, coming at different stages. Um, We have currently no plans to move uh, towards a once monthly insulin because there will also be some clinical sort of implication to that. But we remain committed to uh, develop insulins uh, that makes the treatment burden easier and uh, sort of help uh, help ease the life of those living with their diabetes. So
0: what about taking our lens back from the individual patient to the, the market more, more broadly? Um, how could a weekly insulin affect things
1: like access,
0: price, and availability?
1: So I think uh, we Novo Nordisk are committed now that we bring a once weekly insulin forward in development now, hopefully also to the market, there to make this avail- as broadly as available as possible, so patients can benefit from this innovation in uh, basal insulin treatment. I mean, what
0: about things like storage and supply chain? Is there is there any effect on that? Um, I know insulin is is also a drug that that needs to be kept at a certain temperature and that that can have issues, too, uh, when we're thinking about global distribution.
1: I think the big opportunity I have with the once-weekly injections only is that we actually can, we will need fewer pins, uh, just like we will need the sort of a fewer injection, And it actually will provide us with an opportunity to reach our environmental goals by reducing both the plastic and the sort of CO2 emission in the production of insulin icodic.
0: Is there any anything else um, you guys are working on that... <laughs> are uh, you know, uh, relevant to this?
1: I think uh, just as I said before, I think we remain committed to those uh, living with uh, diabetes. And I think we have a lot of uh, early projects that both investigate insulin that might have the possibility to react to your glucose levels, which is uh, quite interesting, but also continuously exploring partnerships and also whether we could help develop stem cell-based therapies that actually would avoid that you need to get insulin uh, externally.
0: Yeah, so there's a a ton of of room for innovation here and obviously diabetes is a uh, uh even just type 2 but um is a condition that affects a, a huge number of of people worldwide so the the addressable market here and the the potential for um you know for to help people and improve lives is is pretty extensive.
1: Definitely and I think uh, again everything we can do as a sort of uh, as i speaking as a scientist physician, to make sure that we improve uh, the lives of those living with chronic diseases. So, I,
0: I will wish you the best of luck as, as you continue to sort of shepherd this project uh, to its conclusion uh, through that home stretch that we talked about. Um, do, do you think there will be more, uh, more trial results uh, presented throughout the year, or what, what do we have to, to look forward to in terms of, of next steps?
1: Definitely. The next day or the coming year is going to be super exciting as we will make sure that we share more results than just sort of the company announcement that have been released at upcoming congresses uh, throughout the year and uh, going forward. So uh, I hope I will be able to over the course of the next year to have even more data to share and uh, to discuss with others.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Florian. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for having me. That concludes this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. You can find more information about this episode, including a download link and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com slash podcast. The PharmaForum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and Podme, where you can find and subscribe by searching for PharmaForum. And don't forget to visit our website, where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins, and to follow us on Twitter at at PharmaForum. Thanks for listening.